Are y'all excited to be here? Yes. yes. I'm ask again. <laughs> Get ready. Are you excited to be here? Yes. I'm gonna call you Antioch because this is the last time that I can say that. Antioch, welcome this morning. My name is Sidron Smith, and I have the honor of just sharing with, with you what's on my heart. But I like the way that the service has been going as far as reflecting on who we were and who we are. We are Antioch. In this house, many of us receive Christ. Not only did we receive Christ, but we received faith to move out and to live life another day. Some of us had children in this church even when they said we could not have. I had two little ones, a double portion. Some of us got healed in this ministry. This is Antioch. But I love it. I like the name change. New life. I believe that the name reveals the nature. New life is springing up out of this place. New life is springing up out of Colorado Springs. New life. Get excited about new life. Midtown. New Life Midtown, that's who we are. The name reveals the nature. The Bible tells us that we are to walk in the newness of life because Christ has raised from the dead. Come on, he's raised up from the dead. We're to walk in the newness of life. Exciting things going to happen. New things going to happen. Hallelujah. Y'all mind if I just talk to you from my heart this morning? You know... This past week, just been meditating on just being in the new life and having something to say when someone comes into our presence. This world is dying. They're hurting. They're begging for us to speak life into their life. We are new life. Midtown. I can get with that, y'all. Make a song about it. They used to have this old show say, I made a song about it. You want to hear it? Here it go. And just sing a song about it. Many of us in this house learn how to pray. How to seek the Lord. How to close our eyes when things are going astray in our lives. And to seek the Lord in this house. Let's not change who we are. But let's increase in what we know. Let's increase in what we know. Not what we wish. The world is too busy wishing. The world is too busy playing the lotto. I wish. Rolling dice. Come on, seven, or is it six? I don't know. <laughs> Rolling dice. But let's be confident in what we know. In Life Group this past week, we talked about moving from believing to knowing. We talked about it. When we first get saved, we believe that God is our Savior. We believe in God. The Bible says that that's demon faith. They believe in God and they tremble. Kind of like that old show, Mufasa, ooh. Mufasa, ooh. They tremble. That's believing faith. Let me hit it. Let me, let me, let me help to make this come home to what I'm saying. Moving from believing to knowing. I'm in the automotive industry. And if I go and I come to your residence and I fix your brakes, and you get in that car and you say, I believe, I say, I believe your brakes will work. Oh, yeah, that just hit a different part in your heart, didn't it? I believe those brakes will work. I believe they'll work. Nah, Doc. 
get back in the car, go do a test drive, and make sure you know that those brakes will work. Am I right about it? Who want to hire a mechanic that just believe? I just believe that it'll work. No, 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 no. I need you to know that it'll work. I believe you're going to get healed. I believe it. I believe God is listening to us. No, I need somebody who's going to know that God hears me. I need you to know. I need you to have that conviction in your heart that you believe. We talked about being recruiters. What kind of recruiters are we? If we don't believe in the product that we are giving, that we have, how can we recruit others to come into the house of the Lord? How can we do that? That's not my message. But anyway, I'm just excited to be here this morning. I'm excited to talk about food coming up. We're going to have some food. I'll tell you what, God is good. We're going to be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 16, and verse 25 is where I'm going to just kind of read here and just kind of get our focus right here. Acts chapter 16, verse 25, and it says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing <clears throat> hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. I love this story. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible about how Paul and Silas, they're going from place to place and they're preaching the gospel. And Paul is so in tune with the word of God. He's so in tune with it that God is telling him to go here and to go there and, and not to go here and not to go there. And he's obedient to it. He is so obedient because he's in tune with God. You know, like I said, I'm in the automotive industry. And last week, somebody called me. And they said, hey, my car won't start. I said, okay, what's going on here? Excuse me, I said, go ahead and try to start it up. And I, I began to listen to it over the phone, and I was like, man, that sounds weak. You right, your car won't start. <laughs> so I go out to their place, I get their keys, and I go over there, and I say, okay. I check the battery, that's the first thing that you check, is the battery, just to make sure you got enough power to start this car, right? I checked the battery, and as I checked the battery, the battery is weak. It has no power, but something is nagging on the inside of me like it's something else. Because it has a little power. It has enough to start the car, but, it, you know, you might get 100 stars or maybe 50, maybe two. I don't know, but it has just a little bit to start this car. So I tell the people, I say, hey, this car, is, it, it needs a new battery, but I don't think that that's the problem. They said, go ahead and change the battery out. I said, okay, I'm going to change the battery out. So I put a new battery in there. And when I put that battery in there, I mean the battery is full of power. It's full of life. I mean, it's just ready to start anything. And I get behind the wheel. Ging, 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 ging. Ging, ging, ging. The car won't start. What is going on here? So I begin to talk to myself negatively. <laughs> you can't do nothing, man. What's wrong with you? Did you blow a fuse? Did you make a mistake? But then I remember the word where we have to speak life to ourselves, right? No, nah, you the best battery change in Colorado Springs. I don't know what you're talking about. You better get it together here. You the best one here. And I begin to do all the checks. And I say, you know what? I'm going to do one more thing. So I leave and I come back. I pull out some gas. 
I put gas in the tank. I have two gallons. I put it all in there because I want to make sure that this car is going to start. And I get in there and I start the car and room. It fires right up. Of course, they're looking at me like, duh. You should have known this mechanic. I'm like, duh, you should have known this. This is your car. <laughs> but the main thing is this. They didn't pay attention to the gas hand. The gas hand said that it had a quarter of a tank, but we couldn't trust the gas hand. What am I saying? Through the busyness of life, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we're distracted that it causes us not to focus in on what's important. Did y'all hear that story? Now I'm going to tell you why I'm saying this. In the book of Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they're commanded not to go to Asia. They're commanded not to go here. And then all of a sudden, Paul has a vision. And in this vision, there's a man crying out saying, come over here, help us in Macedonia. And he goes to Macedonia. And when he gets to Macedonia, he meets this lady called Lydia. And she's a seller of purple. And she's a worshiper of God. So they're moving from prayer. And as they go from prayer, this slave girl who is possessed with the spirit of divination, the spirit of fortune telling and trying to make her master's money come up and say, these are the holy men of God. These are the holy men of God. They're going to show us the way to salvation. That doesn't sound bad, does it? It sounds real good. These are the holy men of God. But the spirit behind it was distracting. It was very distracting. It could have Paul and Silas saying, yeah, we the men of God. We come to tell you about salvation. But Paul, he was grieved in his spirit. Why? Because he had spent time with the Lord. Why? Because he was focused in on what was important. And he saw that she had a spirit of divination and he cast that spirit out. Y'all know the story. And when he cast that spirit out, the men who were in charge of the slave girl snatched them up and took them to the magistrates. And then they began to say, hey, these men are not right. They're destroying the whole city, just lying on them and threw them. They beat them first and then they threw them in prison secretly. They threw him in prison secretly. This was not supposed to happen. They didn't even take him to the judge. They took him to the magistrate. So they was doing this thing behind closed doors. They was doing it secretly, but they beat them openly. But Paul and Silas being in prison, this is where we pick up the narrative. It says at midnight, they began to pray and to sing. What am I saying? If these people, Paul and Silas, didn't have a gas fill up when it was time to fill up their tank. They didn't go by the gas pump and fill up their tanks. If they didn't do that, they wouldn't have had a song in their heart or a prayer on their lips. What am I saying? There are so many things that are vying for our attention. There are so many things that are trying to reach us and turn our focus away from God. We come to church on Sunday morning. We read the word of God. We open up the book and we read it. But some of us have closed the book and don't open it back up until Sunday morning. You have to get your fill up. You have to go by that tank. Some of us fill up our tanks more than once a week like me. I fill up my tank at least twice or three times a week. But what will it look like if we were a people 
who filled up our tank on a daily basis. Not just one time and saying, we're going we, we're gonna to make it. I see the tank is low, but we're going to make it. Paul and Silas had a full tank of gas, if you will. See, the battery represents your heart. Your heart is good. Your heart is strong. But there are a lot of people that are receiving things from people's hearts. But that's not what they need. They need the spirit of God. Out of new life, we need to be one that's giving out life. We, from the word of God, we need to be the one that's giving new life to these people and not just a heart thing. We need to be giving spirit to them so they breathe in life into those people who are in despair, who are hurting. They're dying. We have to have a fill up. Are y'all all right in here? Y'all looking at me, I tell you what. God is saying when Paul and Silas, they begin, listen at this, they begin to pray and sing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. I think this is important. We raise our hands and we say that we are Christians, we love the Lord, but the prisoners are listening to us. Paul and Silas had every right to be upset. What happens when the world beats us? What happens when the world talks about us and casts us into a prison Put us on the blacklist. Don't want to allow us to move forward. What are we saying? What's in our heart? Have we had a fill up? Are we going to cuss them out? Are we going to say something negative? Are we going to say something light, low, and little of the situation? Or are we going to have a praise on our lips and a prayer in our heart? Are we going to say something? Because people are listening. The prisoners are listening. They imprisoned in their minds and in their hearts with no hope. I'm talking about the people that we work with, that we go to school with, that we're around on on a daily basis. Are y'all hearing something? But now Paul and Silas begin to pray. They begin to sing songs so much so that it just oozed out of their heart. It flowed out of their spirit. The prisoners heard it. Not only that, but the ground began to shake. And all of those who were in chains and bonds and in prison were freed. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think that's how we should live our life. Yeah. With a fill up. We should live our life on full all the time. All the time. Let's live our life on Freddie. That's what I call it. Yeah. Eddie and Freddie. <laughs> live our life on full all the time. Why? Because that's what was in us can flow out. There's an emergency getting ready to happen and we get in our car and there's no gas in it. We can't even get to the emergency. There are people who need your prayers. There are people who need your songs. There are people who need your books. And that emergency is happening right now because people are dying in our midst. My neighbor was sick. He had pancreatitis. And he wasn't supposed to live. He was dying. He was dying. He was on his deathbed. You go in the waiting room and everybody is, I mean, it's sad. They've already put him in the grave before he died. What is going on? There's no hope. So I get up and I go to the hospital every day. And I don't even go into the room where the patient is. I go in the waiting room because I believe if I can get them excited about life and God and a change, there's something to happen in that, in that hospital room. 
If I'm on my sick bed, you better raise your eyebrows and make your face smile. Other than that, I don't want you in there. I need you to know that when you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Come on, New Life. New Life Midtown. We are a life-speaking house. I would go in there and I would encourage those that was in the waiting room. Get them excited about God. They don't even know God. What you want me to get excited about? No, because I was on full. I was able to give them life. They was holding themselves in such tension that they would hold their muscles tight, living play-by-play actions. The doctor would come in. He's doing good. He'd come in. He's doing bad. He'd come. I mean, just on a roller coaster ride. Then all of a sudden, one day, his life changed. And the reason I say this about this guy is because he's an atheist. He don't believe in God. I don't want nothing to hear about God. But I would go in there and I would pray for him. One time I went in there, he was so drugged up. He was like, hey, Sadron, get me out this car, man. Get me out this car. Just open this door and get me out the car. I was like, nah, man, I don't know how to get you out the car. He said, Google it. Google it, man. Just Google it. <laughs> I said, man, you're in a hospital bed, man. You're not in the car. He was like, Google it. I was like, man, I don't know how to open that suicide door. Google it. But when he got off of that bed of affliction, he got healed in six weeks. It was supposed to take longer. He got healed in six weeks. Now he doesn't say, I don't want to hear about God. He doesn't say he want to hear about God, but he won't stop me from talking this time. Why? Because my heart is on full. We got something to give. New life has something to give. And what you have to give in your heart, you need to give it. Give it with confidence. Paul and Silas begin to pray. And they begin to sing. And everybody's chains were loose. And then it says, the keeper of the prison was awakened. Seeing the prison doors open, surprising, supposing the prisons had fled. And he drew his sword and he was about to do himself in. And Paul yelled out, don't do yourself any harm. We are all here. And this is what caused that prisoner to say, what must I do to be saved? There is something that you have that I don't have. There is something that you have that I want. You have hope. You guys didn't run out when the prisons were open. You guys are singing when you've been beaten. You have something. I want it. The world wants what you have. Give it to them. Don't hold it back. Empty yourself out and go get another refill. Go get filled up again. So no matter what the world throws at you, you'll be full of faith. You'll be full of the word. You'll be full of the spirit. God is the only one who can allow us to have something on the inside of us that when we get beat, we can sing and mean it from our hearts. When the world throws things at us, we can look at it and smile because the Lord is my shepherd. We can look at it and smile and say, the Lord is my helper. We can look to the hills from which cometh our help because our help comes from the Lord. We can speak like David spoke and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. This is not just a show that we put on on Sunday morning, but this is the life that we live because we are called by his name. And his name is Jesus. I said his name is Jesus. You should be excited about Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. We are a people that is coming together and that is faithful.
God has given us something to steward over. We learned a few weeks ago that God admires faithfulness. He admires it. What was the guy's name? Tachachias. I'm going to get it right one of these days. Tychicus. He was faithful, brother. But I'm going to tell you this. God requires faithfulness. He admires it, but he requires it. And that's scripture because it says in the Bible that a steward, a steward is required to be faithful. He has given us his word. He has given us salvation. He has given us new life. He has given us words of encouragement and power. And we need to steward it. How do we steward it? We get in that word. We read the word of God for ourselves. We're like the Berean Christians. They was like, mm, I hear you talking. Let me get in here and see what it say. Yep, that's what it say. <laughs> Instead of just taking it day by day from people. Get in there and see what that word says. And that's the only way that you're going to build your faith. That's the only way that you're going to have power and go lay hands on the sick and not have one eye open and say, okay, did, did you get healed? No, no, no. I have power in God. God says lay hand on the sick and they will recover. And we've seen it happen time and time again in this church, in this body. Let us be a people. I love the rededication that focus in our hearts on what is important. Yeah. That when we get somewhere, that when it's time to go for an emergency, we have gas in the tank. Amen. Yeah. That's all I got for you this morning. Hallelujah. God, we just thank you for this word, Father. I ask the Lord that we restore our hearts unto you. God, that we will have an overflow, an overflow, God, of your spirit, of your word, and everything that you have for us, oh God. I'm thanking you, Lord God, that we are new life and we may live in the newness of life here in Midtown Colorado Springs. God, we give your name glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Elder Sadron. Sorry, guys, I lost my bread. I lost my bread. Well, let's prepare our hearts to come forward and to receive communion.